Hello and welcome to the M&M podcast. Um, I'm Izzy and I'm here with Emma. Hello. <laughs> Hello. So uh, this week's topic, we're going to be talking a bit about um, how crap everything is and the simple pleasures in life to make things less shit all the time. Mm. Yeah. Um, but first... I don't think I've ever int- introed this part before, <laughs> honestly. I don't think you've ever talked this much on the podcast. I, I know, I don't think I've. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> but first we'll do our what we've been watching. And that. Hey. 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 Do what you have you been watching, Emma? So I'm going to start <laughs> with some really highbrow stuff. Um... Just as a little preface, um, this will be up late because I was so ill over the weekend, like unbearably so. It wasn't COVID, I had a test, but whatever it was, you don't want. And while I was ill, I went for some basically children's films. So what I watched was both Hotel Transylvania 1 and 2, and I can confirm... (laughs) They're a lot of fun. <laughs> Why did you sound like James Acaster then? I don't know. It's happening more and more. I can see it in your eyes that you can I see know. that that's what I was going to say. <laughs> that's really weird. <laughs> yeah, he's like the spirit animal of spirit animals, isn't he? Yeah. But yeah, they are just like proper fun, like good kids film, funny, kind of has a backbone of like acceptance. And possibly diversity under the guise, is that the word? Yeah. Of monsters and humans. Um, but, yeah, just simple fun. And the, the sequel's equally as good. Just, like, funny monster shenanigans. <laughs> um, I think it works actually well because it's got quite a good cast for the voice actors. Like, Adam Sandler is Dracula. Um, and then like all his people who are usually in his films are the other monsters and then Selena his Gomez. His people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean though? There's always yeah. people who are in his films, like their little rat pack, um, <laughs> <laughs> as it were. And then Selena Gomez is his Dracula daughter, Maeve, Mavis. Maeve. Um, and then there's like a <laughs> backpacker basically, basically it's Hotel Transylvania. So they're all monsters and they live in a hotel and they haven't had humans there for hundreds of years. And then this backpacker turns up because he's lost. And the backpacker is Andy Samberg. Um, <laughs> who you wh- love. Who I do love, yes. And mm. Yeah, just, I, I really can't talk deeply about the films because there doesn't go, like, there isn't a huge, deep meaning behind them all. They're just, like, fun kids' films. But all on Netflix, would watch <laughs> again really liked it. I liked being in that world. Felt <laughs> felt inclusive and calming. Which is nice what you need when you're be. ill. Yeah. I feel like sometimes some films really create a a whole universe and world within them that you want to get into. Like yeah. Harry Potter. God, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was discussing this. I don't know who with 
family member. And I said, you know one of the, the saddest things? <laughs> Vague family member. <laughs> Vague family member. <laughs> one of the biggest tragedies of, of having to live is that at some point you have to accept that actually, and this is really tough to say. <laughs> you okay? That Hogwarts isn't a real place. And you will never go to Hogwarts and be a wizard or a witch. Mm. And that is just really the pit, isn't it? I just... (laughs) They shouldn't have built a world like that and then said, no, you can't go. (laughs) You will forever be a muggle. Like, fuck. Yeah. That that wrecks inside. Tears me to pieces. Mm. Anyway... The moral of the story is, it was a nice world to escape into while I was dead inside, <laughs> while I was sick. What have you been watching, Mizzy? <laughs> um, I haven't really been watching very much recently, to be honest, which is unlike me, but um, I did. I watched one film called Pieces of a Woman. Uh, I've seen this advertisement. No, I uh, haven't yet. Uh, okay. Um fucking hell <laughs> it's kind of what i all i have to say about that is there's like a, a good thir- fucking hell or bad fucking hell? no like good but like uh, it's like a 30 <laughs> minute you know, like <laughs> yeah sorry well i was gonna go on to explain there's like a 30 minute labor scene which is longer than any birth scene i've ever watched and it felt as if I was giving birth <laughs> at the same time. It was like... But that, if you think about it, that's like a very quick birth as well. So it's... Mm, yeah. But they don't normally dedicate that no, much time in a film to it. But um, it, do you know what, though? Very interesting. This is, you know, in the podcast where we talked about, like, taboo things and, you know, basically a lot of things that women don't get told and you kind of just have to figure out for yourself. Mm. Well... You know, birth is a big one of those things that you don't really... You know it's crap and, like, (laughs) painful and... Mm. Well, not crappy, obviously, you get a baby at the end of it and that's beautiful or whatever, but, like, the... (laughs) Or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But the whole pregnancy and birth situation is... Like, I just avoid thinking about that because awful seems horrible. Mm. But you don't ever see in anything, really. You have, like... You watch like Call the Midwives or something. They do birth scenes in that, and again, it makes me not want to have kids. But like they're like thirty seconds. Mm. You don't see it for that long, and how intense it is. But also like sort of not. I don't know really how to explain it other than just watch that scene and be like, like it's immersive and weird and and they're just like things that happen that you don't even like. She was like gagging a bit like like she was gonna throw up and i was like i didn't even think about that as a thing that would happen like yeah but that definitely could because right this is like tmi (laughs) but sometimes like if i'm on my period and i have to put like something up like a menstrual cup up occasionally it makes me want to throw up and i don't know why and i'm like that's just the thing isn't it occasionally the thought of things going (laughs) 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 entering my body through that orifice Makes me feel sick. So something exiting, I can also imagine, yeah, could well. have that <laughs> effect. 
You can also shit yourself as you give it birth. Like, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, I mean, so did I, but like... I will just... definitely do that. Yeah, for sure. Not, not, not on purpose, obviously. I'm not like, <laughs> if I don't do that, I'm going to be disappointed, but... It would so it. easily happen, yeah. Mm, yeah, for sure. I have so much fibre in my diet. <laughs> Um, but it was good to to be able to see, like, to have that on film mm. and sort of... I also... It, it made me feel weirdly emotional at the same time, like, yeah. in a way that I'd n- never really had such a sudden reaction to to something in a film where I just all of a sudden was like... It f- when I say obviously, I don't mean it felt like I was giving birth, but it, f- like, it somehow triggered some emotions in me as if like it really got to the part of like what I imagine it would have been like if if that was me kind of thing yeah which is yeah um but yeah it it was really good film and Vanessa Kirby and it was really really Mm. really really good I loved her as Margaret yeah who didn't honestly yeah yeah so yeah I'd recommend watching that but it's intense also though there is no, nah, actually, I'm not going to say it. I don't want to spoil it. I'm not <laughs> going to. It'd be quite interesting to watch that with, like, I don't know what really happens in any of the film, but with, like, my mum to see if she's, like, that's not what birth is like or that is what birth yeah, is Yeah, like. true. What actually, what's the rest of the film about, well, briefly, so apart from the birth? This isn't a spoiler because, because it's kind of, it, it happens at the beginning and it's, like, well, it's widely talked about this is what the film is about, but it's about... um the baby dies and it's uh, like about that so like the grief mm. of it and like what preparing for a life for that l- long amount of time that you're pregnant mm. for <coughs> where you think that there's obviously going to be a baby at the end of it and then having to like deal with <coughs> sorry um the fact that it's like it isn't there and yeah, you have to cope with that loss and yeah that sounds really good, actually. Do you know, on the back of that, like how when we talk about taboo and stuff, I've realised more and more there are, like, there is media and fictional storytelling coming about about, like, things like this to do with mother- motherhood. What? Am I okay? <laughs> motherhood. In terms of, like, grief that can come with it, like, in that sort of stuff, but then also, like, a lot more things about miscarriages and also like struggles with fertility and stuff because I didn't realize I think I learned a lot of this from listening to the Hyler because like Pandora had had a baby I didn't realize how usual and normal it was for people to really struggle with conception and fertility and stuff like that and like stuff like this afterwards and it's quite well it's good this telling stories of that because it's obviously a normal thing but like, as we said with Taboo, it's not talked about. So I hadn't even realised that was a thing because I think a lot of... And this is... I have no idea about getting pregnant or anything. That I'm not that stage in my life, obviously. And I'm talking very... T- um, What's the word? Like, th- theoretically about this. But I think a lot of people maybe struggle getting pregnant and think they're the weird one, whatever. But obviously, the more no, you hear about so it, that's common. just so not the case. And it's... Just the less yeah, stigma think, around it is the better, obviously. Well, we also, you kind of just have this idea as well that it's an automatic thing. That's just part of life is that you have children. So so the fact that you might not be able to or you might struggle with it 
kind of no fault of your own just the way that your body is is sort of like a betrayal of what what you're taught throughout the whole of your life um there's that thing with Meghan Markle recently where she did an op-ed about having a miscarriage but I think like that kind of thing people backlash a lot about that stuff because they're sort of like oh you're just trying to get sympathy and things like that but she said that the whole point of it was you know, it wasn't like immediately afterwards. I think it was like a year or two later. So it was not something that any of the public was aware of at the time anyway. And it was like she wrote it because it's precisely because of that reason that it isn't talked about very much. And you feel mm. when those things happen, not only is it like this massive loss, it's you, you're you isolated in how you deal with it because you, you don't feel like other people are because it's not spoken mm. about. And that makes coping with the loss harder that's another interesting thing about the the film actually was about obviously the way that a mum and a dad um deal with that because it like they've both experienced a lot so the dad in it's played by Shia LaBeouf um honestly yeah I know well I think it was filmed before all of the stuff came out but there is a scene in it it's a bit dodge that obviously like in light of um the the um abuse things that have come out against Shia LaBeouf recently so it is weird to watch honestly though Mm. with that knowing that as well but um but yeah how it's also obviously very difficult like it, it feels like that in many ways that you you experience that loss separately to what what your husband would feel it like, or what they would feel it separately to their wife because it isn't quite the same mm. because the obviously the mum has spent nine months growing that in their body and there's like mm. a different kind of connection but then it's like how for the man then to be able to process having to know what to do for their wife and also simultaneously cope with the loss of something themselves but mm. But it's, oh, at the yeah. same time that any type of grief is sort of like that in a way, isn't it? Mm. I don't know. It's it's unless you're in that situation, you just have no comprehension, do you? But that's mm. why watching stuff like this is really interesting to see how at least yeah. characters or experiences of writers or whatever, yeah, how they have. I liked that sort of overall the the plot line is basically about they have a, a home birth and mm. um so they have a midwife who comes in and says so there's a court trial against this midwife um about whether it was her fault mm. and I think like ultimately uh, you often in those things you always try and find somebody to blame mm. at like and obviously it was a complex thing, but the message of the overall film, I think, was that you always, like, blaming somebody, like, pushing away that that those feelings onto something else as if that will resolve it won't, is not going to solve the loss that you have, mm. you have lost, <laughs> kind of thing. Like, it, yeah. it's... Do you not think that's weird actually in not just grief but in so many things we're sort of like taught to deflect it onto someone else being the cause of something and in every situation Mm. there was someone who's inherently bad but 
really it's like sometimes you've got to have a grievance with yourself yeah and i'm not saying it's like the mother's fault that the baby died obviously not but no, no, sometimes no, but... It's, you can't blame anyone and it's like you have to somehow situations closure are... in something that feels open-ended because that's like yeah as Some... is life yeah a lot of situations are faultless like there is no mm. reason or rhyme for it happening like it just does and yeah I suppose, I mean, this might sound a bit hippy-dippy kind of thing, but that whole thing about, like, energy and passing it around kind of thing, and, like, if you're deflecting all of your negative energy onto somebody else, then I think you're just making it... You're making your own life bitter and Mm. resentful, and really you're actually just... You're not deflecting it. You're building it up within yourself. It doesn't Mm. push it... It doesn't get rid of it if you can't deal with it kind of thing. Which is actually sort of a bit about what I want to talk about in the main topic. <laughs> so, <laughs> tea from Mizzy there. Um, <laughs> so I'll go on a different route with my next one. Hmm. Not serious, <laughs> as ever, <laughs> but a film that I will perhaps, and this may cause hot debate over the world and our universe. The greatest film of all time, oh. and I strongly believe this, is Hot Fuzz. <laughs> we watched it the other night, and every time it leaves me, leaves me shooker. I do have one grievance. There is literally, literally zero cultural diversity in it, which is a shame <laughs> to see. It is partly set in a rural English town. That makes sense, honestly. Which is, I think we can attest, is pretty much the climate of most rural towns. However, it's a bit like, you know, come on. I feel like I'm talking about it like no one has ever seen it. Everyone's seen it. But Simon Pegg, Edgar Wright film. And I this is my one thing that I always hammer on about when I'm watching films, comedy films especially, all the best comedies aren't filmed as comedies. They are co- filmed like another sort of film. So, like, Hot Fuzz is filmed as an action film, like a thriller suspense. Mm. And that is why it's such a good comedy. Because it yeah. subverts the genre, so it will use things that you already know and twist them for comic effect. Ideal. The film is... Okay, right, this is as well. <laughs> Me and my dad watched... The Tourist with Angelina Jolie and Johnny Depp the other night. Terrible film. Don't watch it. There's a plot twist at the end. I'm saying that in quotation marks because the plot twist was built up with no... There was like one bit of foreshadowing, but really it wasn't. Someone had just decided that at the end and had nothing to back it up with. However, Hot Fuzz is littered with foreshadowing for the end. Which the first time you don't see, the more you watch it, the more you're like, how couldn't I have seen it? So cleverly written. <clears throat> I love it. And it's just so bloody funny. Well, I, interesting what you're saying about the whole comedy thing, actually, because I just read an enemy article with Simon Bird, who plays Will in The Inbetweeners. Yes. And he's the director of um, 
days of the Bagnold summer. But he is talking about how, obviously for all four of those, the actors in The Inbetweeners, it's been very difficult for them to escape this role mm. and image of them. And um, how... Because he does sort of play the same character in... Um... In Friday Night Dinner, yeah. 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 But then he was like, well, they kind of... He was like, surprisingly, there isn't actually that much comedy being made in Britain. Like, not as much as we kind of think there is. And then when you have no, that, like... Yeah, as I, recently I've been thinking about this. And, like, there is... I felt like when I was a teenager, there was a lot of things I used to watch, but then actually it's probably American stuff as well. Now that I'm thinking yeah. About it. Um, yeah, not a lot of British sitcoms. I really do feel like there's a gap in the market. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but how also when they thought like for them it happened fairly early on in their careers when they thought wow we're gonna get so many jobs from this this is gonna be really good and they didn't like i don't know if you've noticed but half of them have barely done anything since Mm. and it's because you kind of they because there isn't that much comedy stuff going on that role is so linked with them that they mm. couldn't put that actor in another comedy series without us just viewing him as will from the inbetweeners like it's mm. so difficult to reinvent them into a somebody else which is partially probably why we see him still as i mean it's essentially the same character but in mm. friday night dinner being but exactly it, the same it sometimes sort of works like when so obviously i watched space just finished it incredible everyone needs to watch it anyway that's like <laughs> Nick Frost and Simon Pegg work together and pretty much play the same characters in every film. However, it sort of works. Mm. So it's not all... Yeah, but their character is not necessarily limited to like time and location, whereas the in-between yeah, like is trait. about angsty teenage boys kind of thing. Like, yeah. It doesn't necessarily translate to other roles very well, but... Um, but yeah, no, I thought it was interesting that there's not much. But obviously now he's changed that into like he's now directing or whatever. Mm. But he's made a comedy with Days of the Bagdoll Summer that's not like the really kind of offensive toilet humor of In Between Us. It's mm. very different. It's like a very British kind of like offbeat kind of humor, but it's not in any way the same vein as something of the In Between Us. And I just think that's really nice that he's like, you can explore different kinds of comedy and stuff without, yeah, I don't know. I've lost my train of thought. That's it. <laughs> the end. <laughs> no, it's interesting though, because I, did, I um, listened to, it was on the high though, actually, an interview with um, Graham Norton about comedy and the evolution and sort of... Um, how when he started a lot of it was just very like griping at people and this is more stand-up sort of thing and like calling people Mm. out for their what's bad about them basically like roast comedy i suppose and now he said there isn't a place for that because people don't want to see it like partly due to sort of like political correctness and partly i think just like people not liking it but he sort of was in of the opinion that it might swing back a little bit to not like massively roast comedy and especially about things that are not just perceived that are inherently bad Mm. because i just think that's intolerable by this point and most people feel that way but i think 
there's there's always like that evolution of comedy for what people want next and what people actually think is funny and so yeah i don't know what like yeah trying something new is always good this is partially what he talked about a bit as well about how he didn't really understand this whole notion of people saying that comedy is like sanitized now like as in basically saying it's not funny because it's politically correct in some ways um and he was like i don't he was like there is like there's a place for that kind of like offensive kind of humor and it's not Mm -hmm. like in a way that's done that it's hard to explain it without sounding like you're being all politically correct all the time but like you can have trashy humour and it be genuinely funny and not actually offensive kind mm. of thing. Yeah. But it was also like, that doesn't mean that the rest of humour isn't funny because it's not just slacking somebody off kind of thing. And yeah. I, I think the thing is, with this whole idea of signing things off, and it's especially like political correctness, the, the, in satire, things that aren't politically correct are funny because of that because of them being so wrong that is the point of the comedy but Mm. if you're not performing satire and you say something because i saw a quote from ricky gervais and i partly think he's funny but partly think he might be a massive arsehole (laughs) you can say whatever you want and it'd be funny and i'm like not i don't think that's necessarily true because if you start like i'm not being funny like shouting racist stuff it's not not, funny Yeah, what's funny is making fun about how oblivious racist people are. That's what's funny. And that's in satire, but in normal comedy, you can't use that as comedy because it's not funny. Like, it it wouldn't be funny in comedy or outside of comedy because it's it's making light of years of oppression. The evolution of comedy, I think, is a good thing. Mm. Yeah, I I agree. And I, I do think there is issues with political correctness to a degree, but not with things that are inherently bad and I don't think mm. they are funny. And I think most people feel that way. Mm. I think you can't say you believe in something or agree with something and then laugh about something that actually is mean. And that is different to satire, 100%. Yeah. I agree. That's a tea. <laughs> okay, really. I've got one last thing then to share with you. Okay. And it is hella good i'm nearly finished um i started watching euphoria ah i want to watch it it is phenomenal like aesthetically a dream that it's like (laughs) i don't it's not really obvious but there is like this color palette the whole way through and like the dreamy feel like you know have you seen the makeup and stuff people do with it and the glitter and stuff no. Uh, well, it, they sort of wear that a lot and then they've got this sort of like 90s kind of vibe going on. Um, but the thing that got me the most about it was that what I've really enjoyed is the the plot. It's all very like um, interlinked and I wasn't expecting that and it was that very much like you know a bit of the story, then they reveal a bit more and you're like, excuse me, what they know that person and that person knows that person. And it's, oh. it's that sort of thing that I've really like enjoyed about it. They're very like um, watchable. Yeah. Because of these like little tidbits they're giving you about the next thing. And it, it, do, it does tackle some really like um, sort of, and probably I suppose about the taboo thing, sort of the taboo things of it, it's definitely like this underground world of 
teenagehood that we sort of see and all the things they're doing that their parents basically don't know about which is not good or needs yeah. <laughs> needs to be controlled in some way or that i don't know and it's maybe that conversation that they're not having with the parents is a reason why they're doing things that are not good or putting them mm. in danger etc um and yeah well the creator of euphoria is called sam levinson i think yeah he's just made that film called Malcolm and Marie with Zendaya. Oh, uh, right, yeah. Oh, Zen- Zendaya is amazing, by the way. Like, she won yeah. that Emmy for a reason. <laughs> I've, I've actually cried a lot of times watching it mm. from her. Anyway, sorry. Well, this film, Malcolm and Marie, looks fucking incredible and I can't wait. Like, I've watched the trailer over and over <laughs> and over because there's that Alabama Shake song at the beginning and it's in black and white and it just looks like everything about it. I'm like... I can't wait for this. I really, and I really want to watch it in a cinema. I can't wait to go back to the oh cinema. God, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> yeah, so it's just Same a little thing. fangirl thing. <laughs> it's very exciting. Um, it's, it's actually, it's really exciting to see the sort of TV that is being made now and it's being recognised in like mainstream stuff because I don't think even five years ago something like that would have won anything or would it would have been a bit of like an underground thing because there are parts of it that are quote-unquote explicit but that is because that's what actually goes on so if you're going to tell those stories don't sugarcoat it or glamorize it especially like it is done in a sort of um not glamorized that's not but like artistic way but it's not glamorizing the bad things that happen at all stylistic is the word i was looking for Mm. yeah tv is just bossing up (laughs) it's interesting because i feel like there was a moment like what is it like 2017 or something with the things like with the me too thing and then like things seem to have a bit of a shift and people started to have doubts about whether things would be any good anymore because mm. of, again, the political correctness thing. And yeah. I, I've never been more excited about film and TV stuff. Like, yeah. I think it's... Do you know what? This is very, like, non-intersectional and I I don't have a wide-reaching view of uh, racism at all, but it's. I've noticed that when I look back on the shows from the past there just isn't like black actors in there at all yeah and it's really shocking to look at that once you're watching like this new tv and I I know there's a lot of like they're using um like black actors and maybe there isn't black people putting the money in whatever and that definitely needs to change obviously but it's a it's an amazing shift to see the actual people the stars are people are black mm. and are for, especially for like if you were a young black girl for example looking up and seeing zendaya that's incredible to see because yeah. obviously all our lives we've looked up and been able to see white actors whatever who are like the people you're aspiring to whatever and and identify s- with them yeah whereas and yeah there, there's been millions of people who haven't been able to do that for such a long time and that seems I, ridiculous now yeah, that that's... I, can, I mean... I, I can't identify with everything Zendaya 
like is as a black person because I'm not black, but I can identify with her as a woman. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's not like I'm losing anything from it at all, but the diversity is so important. Mm. And also things like Bridgerton and stuff kind of just shows how like this, what they call it colorblind casting mm. now, like, how it, li- it makes no difference to the plot. Yeah. Like, I don't know why anybody would even... Why it was ever even considered that it would, honestly. Mm. Like, just ridiculous. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Um, and even if the fact that you even just, like, notice that as being a difference, like, it's not... Like, it, it, it to me, it's seamless. Like, it doesn't... You don't pick it up and think, oh, what? That person is black and they shouldn't yeah. be that like yeah, you I, don't i think the only time i see the difference is when i watch things that are older and then i go like why is this film like whitewash basically mm. i'm like where yeah where, where is the diversity like this is not a reflection of like i watched devil wears prada last night and yes it's a funny film whatever but they're in new york city and everyone's white and New York City is the most diverse, one of the most diverse cities in the world. Like, that's mm. not a reflection of what it would be. Well, it probably is a reflection of how a fashion magazine would have been in 2007, to be honest, wouldn't it? But <laughs> yeah. at the same time, it, it it becomes more obvious when you look back on stuff like that and you're like, how were we so ignorant? And, like, I'm not saying, oh, everything's solved, but it, it's definitely... Moving in the right direction. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Shall we get on Go to on. the main topic? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, as we all know, we are currently in a lockdown still. Um, are we? <laughs> <laughs> that was lowbrow. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows when it's going to end? And I think recently, like, I've, I imagine everybody in the whole of the UK is really getting to the end of their tether with stuff right now like it's becoming we just had the what past a hundred thousand deaths didn't we um it's like joining like where the only was like five countries or something that has that like the u.s mexico brazil can't remember the other ones but like we're not doing great no also you think about our population and all like the size of our country and the fact that we're an island like i just anyway I th- and it's becoming incredibly depressing and mm. really not a great situation. And I think over the past few weeks, I've found, as I imagine a lot of people have, things really difficult to just, mm. like, finding myself getting so easily irritated with stuff and really, and just not being able to, like, cope with things properly, just, like, bursting into tears or having, like, just... I don't know. But what it kind of reminds me of what being a teenager was like, like having these like wanting to slam doors and get like which is I don't think I really did as a teenager and now I'm like maybe I'm just having a delayed reaction honestly, but um but basically I wanted to do this about like the little things that you do to kind of keep yourself going and to keep yourself sane because I think everybody needs to have a bit of self-help at the moment and yeah. um yeah so I realized like I only literally like last week I started going on more walks which sounds like of ob- like stupid it's like one of the things that you're allowed to do and it's like 
known that that kind of stuff helps you out like it mm. makes you feel better but my god it really does like i just getting a bit of exercise and just breathing some fresh air and going out and like seeing like the place that you live is just it's really nice to be reminded that the world is a lot bigger than the, just your four walls in your house. Like, and yeah. I think when I was younger, that kind of... Metaphorically and physically. Yeah. <laughs> when I was younger, that kind of stuff used to really, like, scare me. I don't know if it coming from a small village in, like, a, a small place kind of thing. Um, going anywhere that, like... Like, even going to uni sort of terrified me. And I know it's a bit different, like, it's going off in your own kind of thing. But going to a city overwhelmed me. Like, and I, I remember... So I went on a walk by myself, and I just put my headphones in and was listening to music. And I was I was looking at the place at Oxford, where I live, like, through the lens of how I saw it the first day I... Not the first day of uni, the first... Like, when I came for an open day and saw mm. the city for the first time. And... I remember being like really struck by how big it felt and how like the just like the amount of buses and the traffic and the lights and everything like going on and I was like in the big city (laughs) which to now is something that I'm like Oxford is tiny to me now it's a really small place and it's not like an overwhelming city at all but I remember at that time and I'd forgotten about this how much it was and so that grew (laughs) and <laughs> how much that kind of like it excited me but it scared me a lot too mm. um and yeah one it was nice to be able to have that reflection to sort of look at the difference between how I was when I was 17 to how I am now 22 or whatever but that's five years yeah and it fucking shut up, up. what yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but also like I think right now being reminded that there is a whole big wide world out there is a really comforting thing mm. in some ways because it it gives you this sort of it brings a little bit of the magic of life back <laughs> when it doesn't feel like there is much right now. Yeah. And so I suppose like that was something that was I you know I didn't have to sacrifice anything to do. I could just I could just go outside and see that and remind myself of that. And so yeah I wanted to ask like what are the what are the things that you do in your life that that are so simple and you might potentially don't even like think about it a lot of the time and you won't sometimes you won't even acknowledge that that's doing you any good kind of thing but if you were to think about it now what are those things that bring you like the little tiny bits of joy that you know make up your life (laughs) I'm gonna piggyback onto what you just said um okay it's a, a a nice walk but because i and this is very lucky uh where i live is like right by the sea um hashtag thankful <laughs> <laughs> i do love walking up to the cliffs and like looking at the sea um yeah which like i think it was interesting actually the way you said when you went for your walk like actually there's a bit of a difference isn't there between going for a walk just like plod 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 versus like the pondering yeah of what you were describing but like i really like going to see the sea because like you said it just feels like something beyond Mm. where i am and this is very like personal and obviously not everyone can do this but 
I don't know why, and I've always had this thing, but for some reason, the <laughs> where I live, going up to the cliffs feels like that's the end of the world. Like that, not like, oh, my world's ending. Like that's where the world ends. Like it's just the abyss out there. And I don't know why I've always felt that way, but it does. Mm. But somehow that it fills me with great comfort. I'm one of those people. And I shared yeah. this on my Instagram story last night. Did you see any of that? Of the Brian Cox thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. And he talked about, like, the... <laughs> this is going off on one. But um, how, like, we are structures made up from stars that have... Com- like, what, what wording did he use? Like, just... Evolved. Uh, like it was like a sort of spontaneous making into temporary structures to enjoy and experience the world and I was like that's so beautiful Mm. I'm like someone who really thrives off like the idea that we're very mortal I know some people don't at all but I just think it's really magical yeah no I agree with that and so when I go up to like the cliffs and stuff I'm like these cliffs have been here for like since the time began and like the, since before I, time began frankly yeah, i've got like family connections to the history of the cliffs like people i don't know if you even know this like my mm. great grandparent my grandma's dad um was a climber so he would go down the cliffs and which they don't do anymore um one because it's very dangerous and two they are like um what's the word like the birds are not basically they used to go down and collect the eggs which they don't do anymore because the birds are like wildlife birds that they don't want to disrupt mm-hmm. um, but like he used to do that for his job and like that's like the the heritage i don't know of where yeah. I, I live in it's just really nice to know there's like history before me like i never knew him that's before my lifetime people have lived and worked there so not only is the actual cliff a, like a natural thing that has been there for ages and will be there for ages afterwards but there's actually like people and history behind all that and it just makes me feel like somehow small but somehow so big at the same time it's a really like weird lovely grounding thing that I really like so I yeah I do love going and I think that any sort of nature really helps with that like all trees whatever I don't know if that it's not science maybe it is who knows but I think anytime you're like somewhere that's been there for a long time that grows and moves and stuff like the trees do their own thing while we think we're like running the whole world but the trees have grown for hundreds of years and they do that and like the birds like chirping with each other and we think Mm. what we've got going on the best thing there's a whole other world in like the forest and the on the cliff face whatever yeah they're all doing their own thing i love that living yeah so yeah and I suppose you don't have to even get that, like, nature's really nice way for that. But, like, sometimes even, like, I always think storytelling's amazing for this. So whether it's a book or a film, experiencing mm. other people's lives or experiences, whether that's factual or fictional, I always think it's really nice to sort of gain perspective or just sort of, like, I don't know, like an, a nice way of seeing yeah. outside of, what is going on right now because it is i i definitely feel very stagnant in this lockdown yeah um i think 
like at this moment in time for us it's like quite important to remind yourself that there is like a lot of possibility out there still and it's not Mm. like things have just come to an end for us like it's like things are on hold at the moment but that Mm. doesn't mean that they won't resume and it's nice when you sort of can see the world going on around you still in the ways that it can so like you say Mm. with the trees and the birds whatever but even just like like if you don't live in nature or like kind of like me I suppose if you live in a more urban area or whatever like even just literally seeing people like one thing at the moment just staring at my window and just kind of doing that and letting myself do Mm. that for like half an hour and not like being like no go and do something else kind of thing and just watching the cars go by and the little old lady across the road who's like shooing her pigeons away or whatever and like the postman and Mm. people walking their dogs and the thousands of delivery drivers that are currently parked (laughs) up on the main street in town at the moment and it's weird like I walked through and I just wasn't expecting it because that's where all the restaurants are and there was just there was loads and I was like it's like some weird delivery convention going on here right now (laughs) and like just seeing things happening is like comforting to me anyway I think that made me think a lot about how a lot of emphasis and it is really important on self-care and like looking after yourself during this which is is of course is so important but I think with that there is a a um there's a danger of falling into a very sort of and this it's not to sound selfish but sort of self-absorbed where you sort of forget about everything else that goes on Mm. and you sort of like hone in on everything that feels bad personally for you like oh i'm not doing anything today blah 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 which i 100% get and i feel that all the time and this is something i like this is very helpful conversation to me but so to like know that there is like something bigger and wider is really helpful in that sense i think a reminder that although yes look after yourself but you are part of something bigger always yeah is really nice to think of because i think it just can get very lonely and bogged down if you focus on i think especially if you feel bad focusing inward too much Mm. that makes sense it's it kind of relates a little bit back to that whole blame thing that we were talking about earlier mm. because it's sort of like when you do get that, it's sort of like like you're, you're bearing the responsibility of everything that's happening right now on your yeah. own shoulders and it's not your fault. Like, mm. And the ways that you are dealing with things and coping with things isn't your fault, really. There's no fault in it. Like It's mm. just the way it has happened and that doesn't mean that you can't, things aren't going to get better and it doesn't mean that things won't, it doesn't mean that things are going to be easy all the time, but it doesn't mean that they're going to be hard all the time yeah. kind of thing. It's sort of probably one of the first ways I've properly felt why people are, get, are religious sometimes because of that that whole, yeah, that whole thing about the beyond kind of thing mm. and, like, looking um, sort of, the yeah, the idea that there is something bigger than you yeah. is very comforting honestly yeah but it i mean if you're religious fine like i'm personally not 
No, me neither. But but I think that there's a lot of other ways to feel part of a group. And that doesn't mean like join a cult. (laughs) And (laughs) also like, I'm not shitting on veganism because I'm a vegan, but you know, there's like them vegan groups that can feel very nice to join a community. But like, Mm. um, it doesn't have to be stuff like that. It can like literally be knowing that you are part of like humanity or live on this earth. I don't know that together we are bearing the weight of this pandemic and it doesn't have to be just on your shoulders yeah sort of thing i think one thing at the moment as well that i think gets people productivity is something that gets people down all the time i think because forget about productivity at the moment that's what i've done yeah because you're always constantly looking (laughs) at other people's productivity and going, oh my god i have not even done half of the amount of that like how and especially at the moment because everybody's popping up here there and everywhere with their own home business thing Mm. where it's like and I'm like how like sometimes I take that a bit personally because in my head I'm like (laughs) you're supposed to be a creative person Mizzy why have you not come Mm. up with this thing why are you not physically making things all the time and doing this and that and then I'm like oh I mean to be fair I still do have a job so it's not like I'm just completely on my own not doing anything but like you don't need you don't need to have taken this year because it has been almost a year mm. of what was has essentially forced people to, to do a pause to have bettered yourself in a way yeah. that's like in terms of what i suppose like capitalist thinking of what bettering yourself is mm. as in because i remember having this view at the beginning of in the first lockdown of being like oh, i'm gonna get so skilled in stuff i'm gonna get do this and do that and blah 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 mm. and then like that's really good like obviously learning new things is is good i'm not shitting on that but i think doing them for the right reasons is the important thing yeah like definitely if you enjoy it (laughs) if it sparks joy as Marie (laughs) kondo would say um yeah but don't just do it because you feel like you should be doing something because that's just going to make you feel worse than you already do honestly yeah, I think, like, it's great that people are starting businesses and stuff, but I think, for for the most part, most people feel very uninspired because, like, I, I've hardly left my village of about 500 people for the last year. And, yeah, there's great natural beauty in all this, but I'm not, like, spilling at the edges with hmm. inspiration to do this, that, and the other. I'm very much like, let's keep on keeping on. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit, which is fine. But I, I do think there's like a, again, like a a balance to strike because I've definitely come under the sort of area of lurky giving up, um, and just like mm. oh, I'm gonna just like loll about whatever and not do anything, which is nice sometimes. But I think I think it's a lot about like intuition. I think with yourself, yeah. feeling when you are letting yourself rest versus like wallowing it is a balance to strike but i also don't think you need to hold yourself accountable to have come out of this lockdown with anything or any of the lockdowns or to be honest any of life like yeah honestly literally like these ideas of accomplishment whatever you've got to decide them yeah and they will break you down if you think of it like you have to be achieving things all the time you you, you will have a mental breakdown yeah. honestly because you're not nobody can cope with that amount of pressure mm. yeah i do you know 
I I like social media, but I also hate it. The predicament yeah, of many. Um, <laughs> and I saw this thing that was like... That sounds like a book title. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a TikTok. It's like, if you are one of these girls, you are like perfection. And it was like someone with a load of crystals and like frolicking in the garden and stuff. And I was like, what? I was like, this is a random person on the internet making this video, voicing their opinion. Why am I like, oh my God, I have not been frolicking in so long. Like, <laughs> shut up. Like there is, everywhere you look on the internet, there will be one person telling you to hustle and get your business going. There'll be one person telling you to go and buy that plane ticket to Hawaii and live your island life. There'll be one person, like, I don't know, there's like a million one things you're supposed to be doing apparently and you can't be all of them. Hmm. And also, half the time, you've got to ask yourself, do you even want to be doing those things? Yeah. Because like, you, just because somebody else is doing it doesn't mean that like, you want to. Like, you, you don't have to hold yourself accountable to these random like TikTok videos <laughs> that you see or Instagram pictures. The, the idea of like doing stuff in these lockdowns or how are you going to use your time in these lockdowns? It's got to come from you. Like, yes, we all have to earn money, whatever. There are, uh, people have things that they have to do. Like, you need to clean your house. You need to go for a shower. You need to go to work if you've still got to go to work, whatever. The rest of the time, it's up to you how you spend it. So, like, what feels good is what you should be doing. Mm. So if making a business that's going to make you millions of pounds is feels <laughs> real good, go on, give it a go. But, like... <laughs> If spending the afternoon reading a book and then cooking tea feels good, that's also a winner. Yeah. Right, so I have a question for you. Um, what are your little ambitions in this period of time where you can't do your big ambitions? Things that you want to achieve that don't have to be like these big life goal things but are like make you feel better during this time. Right, okay, so... My thing is, and it's sort of part of a bigger thing because basically (laughs) um, me and my brother have bought a house together, which is a very lucky and exciting position to be in. I keep on forgetting to be like, I'm really excited because I I always want to be like, I'm so aware how like lucky I am to be in this situation. (laughs) Anyway, very exciting. But the little things that I'm doing that aren't big things is basically like painting and stuff. And it's like a little mission to do like the little redecoration and all this to Mm. make it look cute. Yeah, so it sort of is like a big life thing in part, but also like a little project within that, which is nice. Because not many people have had like big life things during this time because it's very limited to what obviously they could be because, you know, pandemic. (laughs) Um, But yeah, little project of every day like doing something different that adds up to making the house like look good so like today I was like I was cleaning the freezer out which was (laughs) partially disgusting and partially hugely satisfying and uh, washing down PVC windows all the big fun stuff Mm. but yeah yeah I think it's like it's important to have these kind of like mini motivators in in your life to be able to Mm. 
like because you don't really necessarily especially if you're a person who's at home during this time like either you're not at work or you are working from home kind of thing and you don't mm. have like the normal structure and routine of what well, of your normal life it can be like if you're just getting up and staying in your pajamas and stuff like that's great like you might that might actually be pretty good to be honest I think I quite like that in many mm. ways but <laughs> I think you also after a while feel a bit like there needs to be there needs to be something really that makes you get up in the morning and I think but it's nice for you yeah that you've got this like you have like a project which yeah I think anything that like gives you some sort of momentum though and it doesn't have to be like quote unquote important it could be like I'm gonna use this time to like sort out all the crap in this cupboard so knowing that you have to do that and mm. at the end of it, the outcome will be you've got a clean cupboard. Mm. It's sort of like nice having these yeah, well, rewarding I did a, things. Yeah, I did a similar thing recently where after I watched that minimalism documentary, I was like, <laughs> right, I do need to declutter, get rid of some things. Um, I didn't get rid of a huge amount, but I got rid of enough or like I've put a bag of stuff, either that's a bag of stuff that I think I can sell and a bag of stuff that I think that should just go in the bin, like there's nothing worth, that's just worthless kind of thing that I don't need. <laughs> These things I've kept in my life are actually worthless. <laughs> they didn't to spark me and joy, else. so. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I mean things like ripped clothes and stuff that like I have yeah. clothes that are like holes in that I'm like, in my head I'm like, I will repair those and I'm like, it's been about three years and you haven't done that, so yeah. let it go. Um, but it does it does make you feel better having those like feeling like you've made an effort to make mm. your life better and then your life is better but also i got this um this app i can't even remember what it's called like um let me just look it up it's called fabulous <laughs> and it's like a self-help care app thing mm. um i've literally only just started it so i don't know that much about it but it starts like it's quite like got nice visuals like in like video kind of story like calming vibes kind of thing and Mm. um it sort of it sets you goals to do and I think down the line it'll let you set your own goals of things you want to do but it starts out with a thing where it's like right the first thing you're gonna do is put drink a glass of water every morning and then it goes, mm. it tells you and it's like, oh, that sounds really simple. And you're probably like, why do I need to do that? That's a stupid goal, blah, blah, blah. And like, why am I setting that as a thing on my phone to do? And they're like, but the thing is, is that you have to ease yourself into like habits. tracking. Mm. Like you can't just go straight to that big habit you want to unlearn or, or, or learn a new like good habit kind of thing because your brain doesn't work like that. Like you need the tiny tiny builds up of normal normal things to be able to basically eventually get focus and clarity which is something that I do not have a lot of like (laughs) I really don't like I I find it so hard to focus on things yeah I have no patience and and I I think that is definitely because of my phone so then you go well why have you got an app on your phone but I'm like well like it says, I'm not just going to give up my phone straight out immediately. It's not going to work. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and to be honest, it's right. Because like it, 
It sent me a notification. It's like, we will remind you at 9pm every night to put a glass of water by your bed so that in the morning you'll drink a glass of water. Have I? Have I drunk, got put a glass of water by my bed? No, no happened. So I'm like, literally even these like tiny things I can't do. And so now I'm like annoyed at myself. So then I'm like, right, well, you've got now, tonight, I will do it. I hope because I've pissed myself off. I'll let you know in the next podcast if I do. But <laughs> just this is like your thing about authority. Your app telling you <laughs> yeah. that you're like so true. Don't, Don't tell, tell me, me what, what to, to do. Freaking do. Drink water. <laughs> Who do you think you are? <laughs> think again. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is a bad habit of mine that I really can't. It affects so much of my life how I I can't cope with people having expectations of me and telling me how to do things, what to watch, what to listen to, where, like, just anything. It pisses me off so much. I think I might need anger management, actually. It's a different story, but, um, yeah. So, But that's quite cool in the aspect of, and there's a lot of things like that, when if you are, like, going on a project or trying to have a momentum moving forward thing to look forward to every day be that like say self-help or something or decluttering or whatever it might be like cooking something new every day like that might be your momentum online there's a lot of good stuff that is like a 30 day into the things you want to do so if you're struggling to personally find the motivation to do it there are a lot of things online that is like say you want to cook more plant-based you'd be able to find like 30 days into veganism like 30 new recipes or something like that or Mm. decluttering 30 days to decluttering so there's a lot of stuff out there already that makes your life easier because i do think motivation and creating friction for yourself i felt i've been doing that a lot during this lockdown everything's felt yeah a little bit harder but when you start on this whatever is motivating you to say get up in the morning or Mm. like be a bit excited about because it's like a project once you get going with it it does change everything you feel more full of beans yeah Um, i think one thing that i want to say though is that i think that people you sort of um divide your life up into these different like projects and things to look forward to and i think we all forget all the time that your literal life is a project like the whole yeah the whole part of it and and going back to the thing we always talk about about like romanticizing your life and stuff but like trying to to make like joy out of the things that you have to do every day Mm. like cooking will make your life so much happier because you to be able to not see those things as as a routine i think that's the important part about routines is like there is this there's like a a structure in it a safety net that's good and that's helpful but the idea of it is not something that's comforting to people in some ways because it's like mm. restrictive but yeah. it i think if you're you need to be able to to find the freedoms within the restrictions i suppose that's my yeah. oh my god that's so t- yeah <laughs> within this time find the freedoms within the restrictions yeah <laughs> wow nice yeah I like that. I've just self-helped myself okay so 
our day in the life section. <laughs> now, I'll share with my fun thing that I've done this week, which I think you'll love, Mizzou. Um, <laughs> and it's to do with working out. Why well, don't love that? <laughs> yeah. Mm, well, gonna subvert you your expectations. Um, so I've actually. I've, why do I keep on telling people I was ill last week? But it like rocked my world. I was so like unable to function. So I just was gradually getting back into working out, and it kept on coming up on my recommended. And I was like, do you know what? I'm gonna have a go. And um, this YouTuber, she does a lot of really good uh, workout videos. Actually, Mad Fit. And she, sorry, has done a, actually two, and I've only done one, mm. um, dance workouts to, drum roll, Taylor Swift's <gasps> new albums. Amazing. So I did the Everlaw one, and then she's got a folklore one. And often it's like really weird because most songs you think, are these really dancey? But some of them have got a bit of a, you know, mm dance beat <laughs> i don't know if that was the right words but it was kind of like lurky ballet 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 s ballet ballet <laughs> ballet-esque um which i'm not a ballerina um and i definitely look like an absolute tool doing it but it was a lot of fun so definitely worth doing and Maybe I will. Just like for that a way to change up your workouts as well. Because I've been doing the same thing and it's kind of just like... I think like in terms of routine, I know it's I feel better for working out. But at the same time, when I don't look forward to it in any way, hmm. that makes that hard. And then so the, the thing that I know makes me feel better, I don't want to do. Because I'm like bored. So I'm trying to like expand the workout videos i'm doing and that will include taylor swift dance workouts which not upset about do you know what i find um as you know i don't like exercising at all and i find it really like i am quite into healthy living and i feel like i've got the like cooking element of that quite good but like i've the exercise side of it just I can't like get to grips with and so then I'm like when I'm like spouting on about how much I enjoy cooking at people who don't enjoy cooking just being like <laughs> shut up like because they don't get it where mm. it's weird sorry it's just mm. well maybe this will be a good one to do the podcast on at some point because actually I think in terms of like fitness and exercise my like the way I do it my relationship with it has definitely altered and changed and a lot of that, and some of that's to do with like body confidence. And then some of it's to do with like me working in a leisure center and getting like insider tips and stuff like this. Mm. Um, so I think I'd be quite interesting to look at it because it's a bit of a, I think I am like the biggest advocate for moving and exercise, but I think it can be like hugely toxic. And I really don't think social media for the most part helps no helps that even though there's a lot of influencers who are being like healthy lifestyle but i don't know this pushing of this one fit body shape is i don't know anyway it's a big big multi-sided nuanced conversation which i won't dilute right now um (laughs) but yeah in next week's episode i think that i suppose my my day in the life thing relates to the things that we've already talked about so basically Mm my 
my whole thing at the moment is just trying to be like what I just said before about finding joy in the very very mundane things because mm. I've always found that really difficult I think to especially when I think about how having to like schedule my life with work around that like in a day when I'm like oh that's eight hours of my day is at work so then I think right before you go to work by the time you get up you've probably got about two and a half hours and after you go to work you've got like three hours to do anything in your life that you want to do and then I'm like well all that's taken up by the commute and cooking cleaning those kind of things and then I'm like well that shit that's the whole day where I've just dedicated it to doing nothing that I would actually want to do but then Mm -hmm. but so now I'm trying to like re like reevaluate the way I think about it and enjoy those out of I mean enjoying work isn't a difficult one I don't think I'm gonna be able to reevaluate that one but for the rest of the time the things that I have to do like the walk to work if I listen to a podcast or I'm listening to music it's nice I enjoy that yeah it's a hard thing though it because we I think by default going to autopilot for Mm. these things and you really have to like every time think about like well, this will be nice if I do this, but it, it it's just, I think it's easier to think just go rather than I don't yeah. spend time enjoying it. So it, it's kind of like that task at first, but like anything, it's sort of a habit, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Find freedom in your restrictions. <laughs> Eminem podcast 2021. <laughs> I'm pretty proud of that. That was yeah. just came you know spare the moment rolled off the tongue didn't even think about it before so tune in next week for more inspirational motivational yeah mind bending i feel like we yeah we needed another word (laughs) thank you for listening to this week's podcast um we will catch you in in the next week's podcast which we've teased already, which we've never done before. We're doing that, by the way. Ah, <laughs> we are. Yeah, yeah. Woo. Um, yeah, teaser. Um, <laughs> I hate myself. Right, okay. And on that note, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>